Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the Mike Sappho Podcast. Coming to you live from Jack Dempsey's Bar, 36 West 33rd Street, around the corner from the Empire State Building. We're going to get right to the show today, so no long monologue. Find my show anytime on iTunes by searching Mike Sappho. Honored and humbled today to be joined by a star of numerous shows, The Wire, Boardwalk Empire, Night Of, Assassin's Creed, Black Market, and many more. The uber-talented Michael K. Williams. Hey, what's up, Mike? Cheers, Mike. Thank you for coming on, man. No doubt, brother. Thank you for having me. Thank you. We would have did this last night, but uh, Grandma had dinner planned. No one's canceling dinner no, on Grandma. No one trumps, trumps Grandma. No, and, grandma gets number one. And Grandma's a huge Boardwalk Empire fan. Oh, man. But she, she said last night, this chalky white make pasta, I don't care who's coming. You don't cancel on, so you, no one cancels on Grandma. Well, dude, you should have invited me. I would have loved to have had some of Grandma's pasta, man. Come on. Oh, she hooked it up. She I'm hooked a Brooklyn it up. She boy. Did. Yeah, I mean, who doesn't like pasta? All right, so now I got a confession. I never saw The Wire. Okay. I told you that when we met. I never saw The Wire. Uh-huh. Do you get annoyed with this? Because anyone, I always tell everybody, oh, so-and-so's come on my podcast. Felipe Lopez, Kenny Anderson, this author. Oh, cool, cool, cool. I said, Michael K. Williams. Omar's come. Do you get annoyed? You gotta be honest, because everyone says it. I would never ever get annoyed. That 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 character, first of all, um, uh, it created made my career number one. That was my as we say in the business, that was my breakout role, and um, I'm very fond of that character, and and the issues that plagued him still plague my community today. So it, it's uh, it's bigger than when people when people call. Call that character, call me the that, that name Omar on the street. It's just a, it's a, um, it's an homage to him. Number one, to the work, to the writing, to the, to to the show, and it gives me an opportunity to just take a second and remember the fond memories. So I, now I, we're pretty much best friends now. Do you agree? Oh uh, yeah, you are my BFF. Bro. Obviously. Now, be, be, listen, I've been to your apartment before. Yes, you have. I'll give the address out to everybody listening. We, we can all hang out at his house. Growing up in Flatbush. Did you ever have the dream of having the penthouse overlooking New York? Or was that not even in your mindset? You know, I'll give you a funny, a funny story, right? You know, the imagination is a tricky thing. Uh, I remember when I first started out as an actor, I, I, I would drive to New York, to Manhattan for auditions. And, you know, anyone who knows Brooklyn, you know, you know during the midday, you don't go up Flatbush Avenue. No, you no. take side streets. And my route was I would go through, go down Washington and go around the Brooklyn Navy Yard and, and make that left and head to the to the bridge past the projects over there. You know, where they, when, you, when, you, when you get your car towed, that side. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I remember hearing rumors that Robert De Niro had plans to turn the Brooklyn Navy Yard into a Hollywood studio. And I was like, oh, wow, this is so cool. I even had a name for it. I said, they should call it Hollywood, you know? (laughs) And I said, this is going to be great. I have my route. I can get there in 20 minutes, you know, beat the traffic. And I saw myself working as an actor at the Brooklyn Navy Yard. I had my route of how to get from the projects to the set. So I saw the Navy Yard. I saw the, I saw Steiner Studios before it got there. I named it Hollywood. <laughs> I, I saw myself working as an actor on a show. Didn't know it was going to be called Boardwalk Empire then. But I didn't have the imagination to see myself leaving the fucking projects. Ain't that a bitch? <laughs> <laughs> Now, I, I saw myself leaving from Van, my project to Vanderveer, going to work down the same route to, to you know, Washington. I make a left, get there 20 minutes, what, 15 if I, if I really press it. And I was dead serious. <laughs> you started dancing early on. You started yeah. dancing with George Michael in the background, no, no, uh, I, Madonna. I, I, you know, 
<laughs> fucking white people. I know, I, I know. Not, I, know. <laughs> I did not dance for Madonna and George Michael. I did a video for those people. So you weren't their personal dancers? Wait a minute. <laughs> it's a, not everything on the internet is true. No, I'm just joking. I, no, no, I just want to clear that. You know, I just want to clear that. I, I, I never had the opportunity. I would have loved to. I just, I was just blessed to. Uh, work on a music video with Madonna and George Michael. Like a lot of times, it's on the internet it says I dance for the yeah, yeah. My dance credits are like Crystal Waters, um, uh, uh, CC Pennington, Technotronics featuring Yaka K, uh, and I believe I did a little stuff with Maya Harris early on in her career. She's actually the last time, the last tour that I did. Those I, most of my my dance credits are uh, uh, were in the house music uh, world. Okay. But like my music video credits were a little more extensive, like George Michael and Madonna. So you danced for George Michael. So now, <laughs> <laughs> so now I, I read that said that Tupac discovered you. Yes, How, he did. Ma- here's my thing. Uh-huh. I go out, I get discovered by fat girls at the bar. How does, no, no, I'm serious. I'm serious. How does fat, Tupac, girls got, fat girls got good taste. You know? oh, of course. I come give on. it up for the big girl. Of course. Oh, <laughs> give it up for the big Simba. girl. But how does... um. But how does Tupac dis- Simba, discover you? Simba, Simba. <laughs> Simba's getting excited. How, but, how, but how does Tupac discover you? I don't even know what that means. Um, there was a movie that Tupac, the late great Tupac, Arrested Soul, and um, uh, Mickey Rock were, were doing in New York City called Bullet. And um, Pac allegedly had seen a picture of me, like a Polaroid picture of me floating around the office because in those days when you auditioned for music videos, you, they would, you would go in the room, they would put you up, on the wall, and they would Polaroid you next, you know. And there was some. I remember the the picture was a um, it was a. a I looked horrible in Polaroids, <laughs> by the way. You remember those Polaroids? Like dark skin did not do no, well. No, 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 no. Did not translate well on the Polaroid. No, did not. And um, you had to I had shake a, it. You had to shake it, and it was just like you know. And here's my black ass with a purple T-shirt on, purple of all colors, shake right? And, and he saw that picture of me, and he. He saw something in me, and he he requested that the director, uh, Julian Temple, like scour the streets of New York to find this guy, and it was me. And um, I was allowed to audition for the role of his his little brother, uh, his character named High Top, and um, that's how I got it. Now, obviously, you had a relationship. This sounds silly. no, I, I didn't have. I was saying, no. were you boys or you guys like no, no, party no, together? no, really? No. Uh, Pac was a larger than life character, although he was some some somewhat younger than I was. Mm-hmm. I looked up to him, and he was like a giant to me at, at that point in my life. And, and so I said very little and listened a whole lot. When he spoke, you just knew you should be listening to him. He had that kind of presence even at, like, at 22 years old. You know? And uh, I, I, remember, I, I do remember one day I tried to manipulate a, a blunt session with him. Okay, you okay. Know, I says, you know, you just don't go up and say, Pac, let's smoke a blunt. You don't do that. That's, that'd be disrespectful. That was my move. That was, I was that'd be, say you know, him, you don't yeah. do that. That'd just be rude. You have to manipulate and finesse it. Right? So I said, so what do I do this? I got it. I'm going to show up to work with the weed, but no blunt. Ask him for the blunt. And we going in my mind. I see us. They see we roll up. We're talking, rolling. And we hey, you want to hit? And we, I get to say, I got, I get to smoke a. You smoked blunt. weed with Tupac. With Pup story, right? Yeah. So, I get to work the next day. I can hear him in the trailer. He was very, very animated. He's just, you can hear him like blaring through the fucking walls of the trailer. <clears throat> so I, I get my courage up. I knock on the trailer door. Go what? <laughs> I said, um, Pop. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a blunt? No! Bam! No, slam the door. <laughs> I was like, standing. 
come up really. Womp womp. Kick rocks. Are you serious? I'm dead serious. Is that real? Oh, that's a true story? That's a true story. Why would I make that up? That is so funny. Okay, so. All right, so let's fast forward now. So now you, you, get, you, you don't smoke weed with Pac. It's a bucket list thing that none of us done. And you know what? We've, we've all wanted to. That's right. Did you, uh, my brother heard that you were coming on. Obama has said you're his favorite character. My brother said you're his favorite character. People said, oh, why do people just love Omar from The Wire? Like people love, anyone I mentioned your name, oh, he was the best character ever. Simba, oh, he's the greatest character ever. Why? You know, I, I really, I, I can't really, I don't know if I can really answer that. Mm-hmm. I, I know that, um, I know I was, deter- I, my, my, my job as, a, as an actor t- was I was determined to show the the human the human side of Omar to, to make to make him to make people you humanize them. A hum, they, I'm trying. That's what I'm trying to find. <laughs> human. I was determined to humanize them, and and to make people. If you didn't, you didn't have to agree with his lifestyle, but I was determined to make you understand him. I was determined to not make him look like a buffoon and and, and stereotypical because he didn't read like that on the paper, and I I. I and I, I don't know. I just I, I I the connection that I had with that character, you know. I I don't know. I guess people re- related to that because I had a relationship with that character too. It was I was in it, and I had a relationship with that character the same way everybody else did. And I think um, people saw that and and fell in love with that. With you know, was a lot going on. Now I'm glad you mentioned the character. I don't know if you knew this. I'm not an actor. Hollywood never called me. I know you thought I could have been when you saw me. Shit, you an actor, Mike? You well, thought you got I was. Those Hollywood looks. That's I, no, for I sure. Know, no, no. You know, please join the club. Join the line. Everyone <laughs> said it. Have you ever become? I think Omar. Did you ever become so engrossed in the character, like to snap yourself out of it? Like they said, Jim Carrey like got into the whole, or Ben Morrison, whatever, got into the. It's real. Jim Carrey. So you real. truly that, get, Omar, get into this character because yeah, you go to some dark lines, places the, the, in your characters. Yeah, the, the lines with Omar got blurred for me. It was a, you know, I, um, they were. There were a lot of parallels in Omar's life that I had in my life. A lot of demons, you know, um, you know, um, being feeling like an outcast. I, I knew what that felt like, you know, um, coming up in my in my community. And so, I, I don't know. It's just um, there was an opportunity there for me to maybe explore some darker sides, some demons that I had, and to maybe exercise them. However, it didn't work for me. It had the opposite effect. And largely what happened is um, instead of using that as an opportunity to heal some personal issues, I got caught up in the likability of being called Omar okay. because of my low self-esteem. And when people started, like people that would have probably punched me in my face and took my lunch money as a kid was like, yo, Omar, you my man. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. You know, I, I, I just... Changed my name to Omar. Just started answering Omar. Fuck Mike, you know. And so, um, you know, that was that. Obviously, that that didn't work. You know, that that actually failed miserably, and I crashed. And um, and reality hit in setting. I had to like you know, divorce that and deal with Michael. But you know, the character being blessed and being given a character of that depth so early in my career, and so early in my emotional and mental growth <laughs> uh, you know I had the capacity because of my connection to this character to go very deep with it into waters that I did not know how to swim in emotionally 
And it's the grace of God that I was able to pull myself out of it. Now, is it hard to snap out of character? Um, you, you have to, every, every actor, I, I believe, when, especially when you're dealing with uh, characters of darker natures, you, you, you have to have, I think everyone has their own tools. For me, it's my friends, it's my family, it's, um, you, know, uh, you know, talking about certain things, um, uh, going to church. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my spirituality is big to me today, and, and uh, my church family, is, and I say church, but it's really my family. You know, I, I keep good people around me, and I always stay in communication. Every day after the set, I make sure, you know, I sit down with people I know who love me, whether it's over the phone or in person, and I, I watch a sunset if I ever have the opportunity to. I connect. I get back to nature every day. Every day I read certain literature that, that uplift my spirit. You have to, that work, that, and music. Music is a huge uh, a portal for me to go dark or to the light, so... You know, I play certain songs that just invoke a, a different vibration in my spirit, and you know, I find myself in a different, a different mind space. No, we're gonna have some fun. We'll have a good time. Just one other serious question, Mikey. You answering your phone during this? No. <laughs> Is it true that you were still living in housing while you were filming The Wire? Yes, sir. I lived in the same projects of my life, all my life, up until season two of The Wire, where, where I was evicted actually um, due to my drug addiction. I wasn't able to pay my rent. <clears throat> Let's go, because my dream interview, I know you think it's you, you kept, is Bourdain. I think Bourdain's the coolest fucking cat in the game. That dude. How yo, cool is he? Is he like the, he's like my, he's the coolest I'm going to tell you a secret, game, and I have an issue with this. I have, you know, my fucking mother has a crush on him. He's the coolest guy in the game, isn't he, though? My 89-year-old mom <laughs> no, no, has no, a no. crush on, on Bord- Anthony Bourdain, and, and she's not ashamed. <laughs> she's not trying to hide it, you know? You know, Shout out to Anthony Bourdain. Dude, What's up, Dad? <laughs> when we met, I'm like, we can't say how we met, but my boy's like, oh, my God, that's fucking Omar. I'm like, dude, that's a guy. Oh, he was on Bourdain. That dude was on Bourdain. Yo, let me tell you, he's such a rock star. I took oh, him to my so projects, cool. and we're in Flatbush and Vanderville, mm-hmm. you know, in my hood. And these kids ran up on us. And I turned around like, yes, yes, little people, yes. And they was like, <laughs> and they stopped. And they looked at me like, I was like, what? You, you, they were like, no, not you, nigga. <laughs> 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 they ran up. They, I was like, yo, look at this power this man has. I was humbled by that. Like, these kids literally, they ran up on us, and I thought they, they really was coming to say what's up to me. They, they, they actually wanted to say what's up to him. Well, I'm sorry, I would do that. Take one second. You can answer the phone? I really All right, I guess I'll just talk to myself right now. No, 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 no. This is what makes it cool. No, dude, talk. Have a conversation. Yeah, is it ready? All right, thank you. Okay. You could answer. It's cool. I want, yeah, you could have put it on speaker, though. No, no, it's embarrassing. But it's just, it's, I'm getting ready for this damn trip tomorrow. Wait, now listen, because Sim is going to jump on in a minute, but I want to ask you a question. So my boy is here from Argentina, mm-hmm. his first time in New York. I took him all over. You're a food guy. I remember you told me you're a big oh, food guy. Oh, huge food guy. Give me three places that he has to eat at, because I've taken him everywhere. So, go. Carbones. Okay. Bar PT. Bar and 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 um, what's the name of that goddamn that then uh, uh 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 um? There is a uh, uh all you can eat buffet up in Harlem. It's called uh uh fucking Simon's. It's um what the hell is that damn place? It's a huge. The buffet is all, Africans. They run it. Some Nigerians run that motherfucker. It's a, yeah, one twenty seventh, and and like up the block from Red Rooster. I'm blanking oh, okay, out okay, on the okay. name. Red Rooster's great. That's no, 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 no. I said up the block from Red Rooster. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. I'm a block away from 
You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. But those are my three. Carbones, Barpiti, and Harlem. You can't. You basically can't go wrong in Harlem. It's Harlem. Now, mm -hmm. let's have one serious thing, and then I'm going to get Simba on, because Simba's been dying to talk to you. This is one, like, an actual serious conversation. You're a big advocate, and I've seen on your Twitter and on your Instagram about... <clears throat> a, now, this resonates with me. I have uh, addicts in my family, so it's mm -hmm. a very sensitive issue for me, mm -hmm. too. You're a big advocate on too many addicts and emotionally disturbed people being in prison. Yes, sir. I mm -hmm. agree with you. Mm -hmm. A gazillion is not even a good number. Mm -hmm. How does that, how do we fix that? Because that's a huge issue. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a loaded question. Mm -hmm. However, I think with a simple solution, you know, less jails. More, more rehabs. More rehabs, more, more mental facilities. It's mm -hmm. really, it's, I mean, it's a, I could get a loaded question with a, no, of course but with is, a yeah. simple answer. How do we get funds out of the prisons and, and into mental institutions for people without money, you know, and, and more drug rehabs for people without money, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and that's pretty much my answer. No, no, because I, I agree. When I saw you tweet about that, it's like, it resonates with me. Addiction runs in my family, and it's yes, a sir. very sensitive issue for me. And I agree with you 100% because I've had family members spend holidays in prison because yeah. of addiction. So, yeah. All right, so now we're going to take a break from ours. And here samba, we samba, hey, samba. All right, spoiler alert. So <laughs> the next What's few that? minutes... I'm going to welcome everybody right now to the Simba podcast. Oh, wow. It's named after really? me. Really? Come on, man. I don't. <laughs> no, let's stop. We'll just let. No, really. No, you want to? Wanna... <laughs> Wait, this is why I love it because it's not like the serious podcast. We just have a good time, like, but I guess the phone really? calls more important. All right. Like welcome, everybody, to the Simba podcast. Vibration. Not even vibration. All right, Mike. Hello. AKA Simba. Orma. Simba. Simba. <laughs> He's chanted my name, which I love. First of all, I'm just going to say it's an honor just to be sitting right in front of you. Oh, brother, thank, thank you, you so As much. a fan of, like, the best show, in my opinion, ever, thank you. and the best character of that show, it is truly an honor. Thank you. And, um, thank you, brother. Appreciate that, man. What I wanted to ask was just, like, <laughs> you see, like, for me, <clears throat> I've always said, like, well, I'm going to go to The Wire. I've always said The Wire was like way ahead of his time because like the things that we face in our society today when the wire happened was like in all three or four or five or six mm -hmm. and like most people were just kind of like eh, clueless yeah yeah but like to people who were like recognizing those things and like paying attention they were like holy shit this shit is like real mm -hmm. and like for you as a cast member like Reflecting on like the work that you did, like how do you just like can you just like elaborate like a little bit more on like well a for your character and b the show as a whole. You know, uh, uh, Simba, I, I agree with you. Um, the Wire was ahead of its time in, in a lot of different ways, but you know, specifically in in the in, in the which the, the means in which you spoke about. I remember going to an audition and um, there was a white lady auditioning me for a show, and we talked a little bit about the wire and then she, she complimented it basically. But I remember she ended her compliment, her statement with saying, you know, uh, that show is really good for people who want to allow those types of stories in their home. And I was like, I was like, I think somebody just fought it in here. <laughs> that shit, I think, I think that shit stinks. You know, because I, I, you could hear her detachment from hmm. the issues that plagued the characters in The Wire. And 
it was like is you can in in my mind it sounded like it's cool as long as that shit happens over there and not to my children not in my community but i think what's happening now is as us as a nation i think we're starting to realize that what makes if 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 i if 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 it hurts me you cry you know we're all connected you know yes. with the butterfly effect that's that shit am i correct but you know it's like especially in this country you can't detach from the things that are wrong in our country because your sh- your shit is is if it doesn't it's not on your doorstep because eventually it will end up on your doorstep and i think that's what's happening now is the shit is all over the damn place it's hit the it's hit the fan as they say in the hood and so um you know now everybody's like oh shit you know i'm like you know Calm the fuck down. This is this been coming. Then welcome, welcome to my party. Welcome to my world. Shit's been fucked up a long time now. You know, what I'm you know. <laughs> Hello. You know, it's like <laughs> it's like uh, I see like Chicago. Yeah. She, like yeah. literally. Oh, come on, so we took my next thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry, you didn't share but, this you know, but, it, my... but you know, it's not just Chicago. I just uh, found mm. out. You know, I just I just learned a new a new city in this country. It's called a. Uh, 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 Richmond, California. Mm. It goes down in Richmond, California. So, Mike, it goes. You I mentioned didn't know Richmond, that. California. Yeah, I actually lived in Richmond, California. True story. It goes down for out four there, months. If it's not the highest, one of the highest murder rates in the country. No Who knew? But Mike, you want to know why nobody knows? Because no one, no, there's no tourists there, so no one gives a shit about it. There's yeah. no tourists there. Mike. Yeah, they're killing each other like left and right. It's on the other side of the Oakland to the Bay Area. Shout out to to the Bay Area. Shout out to everybody in Oakland, if y'all if. This reaches your ears, man. You see, I have a, I have like such a like uh, a close heart. I worked for four months in Richmond, California, in two thousand five. Right after Coach Carter came out, yes. the movie Coach Carter, yes, and so I was like, I could like relate to that. Uh-huh. And um, for three weeks, while I lived right in the heart of Richmond, California, there was a curfew. You couldn't drive your car because they had had twelve shootings within like a seven day period. <clears throat> And this is like in 2005, and nobody was talking about this shit. Richmond, California and like, is off the chain. It was like way there ridiculous. Yeah, and this place, speak. this particular location, is called like the, um, they call it the uh, Iron Triangle. Because mm. they have like these like uh, uh, rail tracks that make a triangle within like Richmond, California, in this particular location. It is like the heart of Richmond, California, and it is like literally very violent. Yes, very violent. Fruitville, uh, Fruitville, uh, what is it called? Fruitville Station. Yes, the kid was from that. Like, yes. Rich, Rich, Fruitville Station is in Richmond, California. Yeah, it is. Oh, rest my case. <laughs> rest my case. I got you. Oh yeah, oh yeah, I got you. These things have been case. happening. You know, like the wire, uh, Fruitville uh, Station. It's still happening. Coach Carter. Yeah, still the, happening. But now I th- I feel like our nation is at a point where we're like the things that have been happening like within like the black communities people are waking up are now that's for sure like, yes. people are waking up and, and it's a good thing I'm hopeful you know there's a lot of um a lot of a lot of a, a lot of a dialogue a lot of people are fed up and I think that you know until we start to talk about this openly nothing will change so this is, this is a great step you know now Mike you just nailed it because I actually circled this and we're gonna get back to Simba like Simba has fun when he does his things. Two things that I love about you. You're a big advocate about Black Lives Matter. You're like, okay, but in the fairness, you're like, I, I, I'm don't actually, say Black Lives Matter. And then yeah. you, you better say Chicago. And that's yeah, why I respect yeah, you. I have you, an issue. Yes. You know, no, go I, I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm this guy. You know, Black Lives Matter. Yes, they do. But they, 
they they don't just matter when the white cop kills the black kid it matters when 29 black kids are murdered at the hands of other black kids too those other those like where's the march for that where's the outrage where's the protesting if, if, if black lives matter black lives matter i don't see it it's lops i just i don't see the the the, the it doesn't match i don't see our outrage when we kill our own matching the outrage when someone else kills us now you know i'm not saying that racism does not exist i'm not even touching that right now i'm not all i'm saying is it matters i want i want to see my kids stop dying on the streets i don't give a fuck who's killing them just you know if you know if we have to address the issue not just who is doing it you know who is doing it is also relevant, you know, that, that's because it's, it's the same scenario over and over. That, there's definitely something there. But that is the, if you really want, if you do the math, because numbers don't lie, our kids, are the, 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 those incidents where a white cop kills a black kid, that is the least thing that is killing our freaking kids in the hood. The least. That is like number, like 25 <laughs> on the list of 1 to 10, you know, that's plaguing our community. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yes. No, Simi, you can ask question as he takes a picture. Go, Simi, ask question. You go to the right, to the heart of like, Mike would tell you that like, I'm like deeply passionate about this and I've been overly criticized as a black man for being overly critical of Black Lives Matter for that particular reason. And maybe, and, I, and, you know, and, and, and let me, and I'm going to say one more he thing. He said exactly what I wanted say, to say. I'm going to say one more thing. But you said it way better. And let me say one more thing just to be fair. I'm not putting the blame all on our community. I'm not saying yes. that 100%. there is not outrage when we when we do, we're doing wrong to ourselves when we black on black crime. I'm not saying there's not an outrage for that. All I'm saying is it's not it's not it's not loud enough. The media damn sure don't cover it. And here's the thing. You know what I'm you, saying? You so, so, I'm not blaming. I'm not saying that we. I'm not. I'm not pointing finger at our community. I'm saying that. We, but I am saying we should, we we got to get louder when our kids are killing each other in the street because that is the the main thing that's 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 fucking us up. I've always said like the heart of like where like our problem lies is within like the family unit. Yeah, until well, we, we start we yes, until we start correct like really addressing these problems. Yes, and like you are like we got to get back heart. to the village. Yes, and, like, we got to get back to the village. The village that raises takes the village to raise a child because you know the reality of the fact is. Our kids right now that are doing a lot of dirt in the street, and I'm saying all of them, but I'm talking for me as a recovering addict. At my age, when I should have been raising my kids, I was in the crack house or the jailhouse, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, my kids now, the kids that I left to raise themselves on the street because I was too busy fucking up, they having kids now. And those are the generations that you are seeing. That's the generation that we see now that are at risk, that are in trouble. It's like it would be technically... Like my grandkid, you know what I'm saying? Because that goes, you know, my generation started making babies out in the street, 15, 16, you know, getting high, doing dumb shit, you know, fucking for drugs, you know, all kinds of dumb shit, you know. And then now, then those kids had kids, and that's what we're seeing now. So we got to get back to mentorship. Like, you know, like it's, you know, I do what I can. I do the best I can, man. I don't like, you know, I'm, I'm not going to tell you about my business, but I do the best I can with putting, like, I give my, I, I give my house, my house is an open, like, 
I got motherfuckers running through my house, <laughs> crashing, all because I, I, you know, it's like it's. A, I'm like, I'm sorry, because I can't say no. I, I like if I see a, a, a someone that needs help, a kid or a young person trying to struggle, you know, my couch is always. I always got somebody on my fucking couch. So it's to the point where you know, we got to get back to mentorship. The the um, the oh, I got to take this no, again. Yeah. What's we'll, up? We'll jump on. This is what's so cool. He's I Michael. Wanna, I want to give him credit for something. Okay, well, say something. You can Why say are you it. having problems? Okay. So, uh, because I'm like a big fan of The Wire. Leave it there till the morning. I can't with you. Just There's this one like particular uh, character on The Wire. Okay. Her name is Snoopy. Okay. Yeah. And like, uh, so I read, this is back like when I, this is back in 2008. I think it was my senior year in college. Because I was like so like engrossed in like everything that was The Wire. <laughs> I was reading about like this one particular ca- character, Snoopy. It's like uh, this girl. She's it's from Snoop. My, Snoop. It was, it's not Snoop. Snoop. It's Snoop. Yeah. Snoop. Yeah. Snoop. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she's from. Uh, she's from Baltimore. Baltimore. She's born and raised. She's born mm-hmm. and raised in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. But like how she ended up on the on the show was like gave me so much like respect for who Michael K. Williams is because he. Okay. Can you explain how you found like Snoop well, and like how she ended up on the show? Because I like two o'clock in the morning. Uh, it was about to be last call. I wanted one more shot, so I went to the bar, and there she was, you know. And um, and I, you know, I my first reaction was, "Who let this little boy in the club?" And I kept staring at her, and then we started talking. Our friends told her she had never even watched the Y. Uh, yeah, it was on her, but she had never watched it. And she came to me. Our friends said, "That's Omar from the Y," and she and she uh, she thanked me for repping her city, and we spoke. She introduced herself. And um, I just couldn't stop staring at her. I couldn't tell it was a boy or a girl, even as she opened her mouth. And, but as do she was so beautiful. Just I'm just looking at it like she glowed. It's like, you know, she looked like when you open the briefcase in the scene in, in Pulp Fiction, that glow. Like I was just like, what the fuck? It doesn't matter. It's just beautiful. You know what I'm saying? And I just, when she started talking, I could hear her. I just knew she embodied the spirit of Baltimore. Or at least the story of the characters that I was I was involved in, she she embodied that world, and I I gave her my number. I said please call me, and I took her to the producers and that 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 uh following Monday, and they interviewed her for like about two or three hours, and all they did was just listen to her talk and tell her story. And if you know it, she has a very painful story. Well, that's, and um, that's three crazy. hours so later, you got, she you're... was on the show. Wow, that's like intense. So listen, I know we only have like a few more minutes. So here's what we're gonna do. Simba, we're gonna get back to you. I promise you. Simba, Simba, Simba. Simba loves it. You're cheering his name. All right, we're gonna do a little fun now, okay? Straight up, can you still dance? Yeah, hell yeah. Oh, I have to know because I know you danced four. <laughs> yeah. So you still have dance moves? Yes, I do. All right, so I ask this question to everyone on my show. Everyone. What? But yours is gonna be a double part question. We're out now. Just say we're at a, a, a club. It's packed. You want to impress everybody there. Forget about the whole Omar, Omar thing. Who's the coolest person in your phone, wait, that you can text that'll text you back? Don't say me. Everyone always says, oh, it's you, Mike. It's you. No, no, no. Who's the coolest person? If you throw a text to right now, you can be like, motherfuckers, this person just texted back. Who's the coolest cat? Right now, without having to think, I would have to say Nas. <laughs> and he would text you if you texted him. Yeah, my, my brother would text me back if I texted him right now. Oh, that's a, shout out to Nas, man. <laughs> now, how about this one? Illmatic. Who's the, <laughs> damn it, that's actually, a, that's actually a good answer. 
who's the coolest person that recognized you? I want this. You're out, and some guy walks over to you and be like, oh, shit, you're... Who's the coolest person? Like, holy oh, shit. You, this- you could stop. I could say that right now. Smokey fucking Robinson. Smokey Robinson. And fucking Harry Belafonte. Mr. <laughs> I almost fainted, dude. I get I, 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 I give you a Harry Belafonte story, right? So I went to his I went Harry Belafonte had did a documentary on HBO called Sing My Song, Sing Your Song, right? So I went and I was on a red carpet. And I was, you know, when you're on the red carpet, you know, you walk, you know, step and repeat. So I we was, don't know because we haven't been well, on the red carpet. But it's step and <laughs> Thanks, repeat. Mike, for rubbing you it in. step and you repeat the same shit. It's okay, just a Simmer gripping, and I haven't it's done it yet. It's just a gripping grin. Your One face day, is frozen. It's just, you can't see shit. It's, a, it's intense, you know. So I'm moving down the line, you know, dog and pony. And uh, I see uh, Mr. Belafonte coming up the carpet, right? So, you know, it was his night. So, you know, everybody, the cameras were crazy. They were frenzy when he kissed him. So... I kind of like, I stopped, they, 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 you know, if you hear cricket, they left me. I was like, I was like well, you know, <laughs> they, go, they all ran back down to, to the beginning of the carpet because he was coming. So I go over there and I says, you know, um, I just, Mr. Belafonte, I just want to say, man, thank you for everything you do. You know, blah, 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 you know blah. he says, whoa, whoa, whoa. He says, you stay right there. Don't you go nowhere. Chalky white. No, <laughs> no. Come on. Yo, yeah, yeah. so he 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 went to do his press and he was doing and mind you, and the people I stood there and the people kept trying to move me. I said, Don't you fucking touch me. Mr. Belafonte said to stand right here. I'm not fucking I you uh, Jesus couldn't fucking get me. I'm not fucking moving. Can someone move right George Michael's backup dancer? Okay. We're trying no, to get no. to Harry. No. I said, Mr. Belafonte. Harry. You. I'm standing right oh, here. He will oh. not look around. He, when he looks around, he's going to see me. He said, stay here. So I stood there. And he came, and he, he took my face, and he put it in his hands, right? And he says, I just want to look in your eyes. And he says, I want to look in the eyes of the man that has brought me so much joy. Talking about Chalky White. That's intense. He, I, my, um, again, I was cutting onions that day. I cut a few onions on the. You're a I, chef. It was all You're kind a of chef. shit you, flying you in my ass. I cut a lot of onions. It was this onions, raining onions, this white onions and red onions. I was all in my eyes, you know, the onions, you know. <laughs> Before I jump into Africa, because I well, am we, we African. Like eight minutes with him, so okay. I'm African too. Oh yeah. I uh, did my. I did my. Uh, so what's your? Okay, on my mother's side, I am from. The Mende tribe from Sierra Leone. Men, she, yeah, Mende. So like his rice hoarder. She was a matter of fact, a major rice, 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 rice. You know, yeah. yeah. You know something about the Mende tribe, right? No, I know nothing. Within about Within American uh, American history. No. Okay. Have you ever seen the movie Amistad? Yes. Yes, I did. Okay. Yes, I did. It was you know a while what? ago, but I did. So you know where uh, that ship was from? Those slaves were from. They were Mende. You serious? Yes. Oh. They were demanded, like, and they were demanded. defended by uh, uh, Quincy uh, Quincy Jones, mm-hmm. uh, the second mm-hmm. former president who became a senator, the only set like former president to ever go back in the Congress. Or Mende. Yes, he went and defended like slaves who had like bound, like who had like ran into like uh, the American shores after um, the American slavery was abolished, and they were sent back into like Sierra Leone. Hence, you have Freetown. Wow. Well, that's in where Sierra my Leone. Is from. Yeah. And my Amanda. dad is from uh, Guinea-Bissau, ah. which is right next to yeah. Senegal. Yeah. 
And I think I get my features from my dad's features. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I'm from Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe. So Zimbabwe. 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 Thank you, Mikey. Zimbabwe. This is Zimbabwe. like, no, but you have to understand, your favorite character, and when I told him, because like we make a list of like, no, I'm, so I'm going to blow you up. And like, we're going to interview this athlete, this celebrity, this one. is like, Sim is like, all right, cool, cool. I'm like, I'm like, listen, I'm like, I met Michael Williams. Do you know who he is? He goes, bro, you can get him on. So the fact that you're saying, like, you think it's a joke. The fact that no, you're doing Simba, like, I, dude. I, I, I take nothing for granted. Yeah, Simba, like, don't. truly, this is, like, legit shit. All right, Simba, I'm going to get to one more thing, but you want to finish up with him? I mean, um, right, you hold off on that. <laughs> <laughs> no, listen, Mike. Cape Town. Cape Town. Tell us about Cape Town before you. Because uh, before we're, we're going to go. Yeah, because um, we're um, to Cape okay, Town. Okay, well, okay, well, okay. We only have, like, five more minutes. Okay. Jesus Christ was really born in Cape Town. That's all I have to say. <laughs> It's, it's heaven. It was. It's, it's heaven. heaven. Okay. That's what Jesus is really. Care. It's yeah. all about Cape Town. It's got to be the most beautiful place on earth. And um, Table Mountain is just Table Mountain, oh, um, Lionhead Mountain. But my my favorite my favorite favorite part is um is Hout Bay. Shout out to the Rastafarians on Hout Bay, man. My brothers, my Rastafarian brothers, man. That was a true a truly a life enriching experience. I did a hike with those brothers, man, and. They, they, um, they, it's just beautiful, man. That place is magical. You know? yeah, we, That's we, my favorite part of South Africa is wow. Hout Bay. See, I, I went there when I was a little kid. My parents took us for vacation. And then, like, right after that, we moved to America. Mm -hmm. And I haven't been back since. So, like, I'm excited to, like, get my... Wait a minute. And you still ain't lose that accent? Is that what happened? Just, I don't understand why. Is accent, why you that, you that thick? You were here for a baby? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> no way. No, no. No, no, no. No, 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 no. No, you lie. You just got here. You, just, you lie. I don't believe it. He just got here? Mike. He's been here all his life? Mike. Why so thick? Mike. Why so thick? I don't understand. Simba. 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 If you get to know me, if you get to know me, culturally yeah. to like what most like people like. But you still roll your R's. Stop it, dude. Your, your dialect is beautiful. Because I've been a headed reason to change it. No, because you just got here. It's okay. <laughs> you know, no way. You know, There's it's, no reason to change it. Yeah, I'm proud. Here's the thing. You live as a baby. I'm so change proud. what? You don't even know. When you, how long have you been here? Dude, I know so much about Africa, you don't even know. But how do you talk so thick? I don't understand. How do you tell someone who just left the board? I don't because understand there the, you. There was no reason. You see, my siblings. Uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> just came off the board. Mike, I don't understand. I'm going to ask permission for something. I have your phone number. Let me ask you this. Simba, Simba tends to, mm -hmm. and I say tends to, maybe overindulge in some alcohol during some basketball games. Yeah. Wait. If I call you, don't answer. He's going to leave you a voicemail because yeah. Simba drunk. With the African dialect, you just stand there. It's in. hysterical. So, you know, people call it boozy brunch. What does Simba call it? Simba, what do you call it? Boozy brunch. Boozy brunch. Boozy brunch. Oh, boozy brunch. Boozy podcast. Boozy podcast. I do have to ask you one more serious thing, okay? Alrighty, okay. Well, one. We have a phone call? Mm -mm. All right. If you want to give me his phone number, tell him to come on. If he's okay. Now, let me ask you this. I watched the show, which, and I wrote down Black Market. Mm -hmm. Intense show on Vice. Mm -hmm. Did, I'm going to ask you one thing, because I, I just watched like three episodes today. I watched the one with the gun runners, mm -hmm. the gambling one, and the thieves in England, the, the larcenies ones in England. Mm -hmm. Did you ever feel, two, two questions, and real talk, mm -hmm. did you feel nervous with the gun runners? Because I felt nervous. I was very nervous with well, the gun okay. runners. There was one scene, um, we had asked them to empty the guns, like not have them loaded, and they denied. Um, there was another time, and you know they were handling them in front of me. It was like you know moving them around, and just 
and they were young. You know, things happened. I was a little nervous. And there was another time where um, one, you know, because when you get those stories, you have to know a guy who knows a guy. So there's always some middleman or like maybe like four or three degrees until you get to the to the source of the person that you want to talk to. And during the gun run story, it was this one guy, and I believe he had something to prove, and he incited like he he um he took he picked something to like get very pissed off about. Like for instance, he didn't want a camera angle. He didn't want any cameras shooting the door walking in. Right. We said fine, but what they do is they always shoot my back, meet my a walk shot where the camera's literally in my back. <laughs> or you see, like maybe just above my shoulder. You can't tell where you couldn't tell what God only God could know where the fuck I was at. All you see is my back, and you can see that I'm I'm in motion. And then we walk through the door, which you can't see because it's blo- I'm blocking the door. Mm-hmm. So when this gentleman saw that the camera had came in already rolling, even though it was square shot on my back. He lost it and started to tweak. And um, he just kept going on and on and on about how he wanted, he was, he was going to, you know, fuck somebody up and blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, this is, so we got the interview, right? And it was time to leave. So the guy started to bitch and moan again. Like, I'm going to, I should punch him in the fucking face and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, so the cameraman, who he had the who he had the discrepancy with was like he had some guns on the table. He was getting some B-roll footage of the guns on the table, right? So the guy was we were in the eye line of the gentleman who could um who could um No, you can go. She wants to take a picture with you. Come on, Mike. You're in, you're, you're in character. Come on, go. Okay. <laughs> you got nervous. There's a beautiful girl next to you. Now, like, come on, Mike. You know. So. You could see, he could see, we were in his island. He started to bitch and moan again after the interview was over. And the camera guy, DP, is getting some footage of the guns on the table in the kitchen. But we keep, we had a bird's eye view to us, right? So I didn't want to appear nervous. So I put my arm over the cameraman, and I act like I was, like, organizing the guns to get some Ooh. footage. And I goes, um... Yeah, I think it's time to wrap this shit up. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know, like acting like, you know. And he goes, um, no, no, I'm not done here. Oh. I says, okay. We're done, bro. Well, no, I, I, I got in the car. I turned it on. I put my foot on the gas. I had a break. <laughs> I said, my cousin, I said, the first shot, I'm gone. <laughs> <laughs> now, first shot, you get one shot, I'm out this motherfucker. Now, this I'm going to ask you as you take pictures with all the fans. The one part of that that was really intense with me is that a guy was wearing a mask, and his voice was covered. Yeah, of course. He spoke Spanish? No, and you said, and he, he took the mask off at the end of the episode and goes, help me or take me with you. Oh, I yeah. don't want to die here. Mm-hmm. And then, so I'm getting ready to turn off the, the show, and it said, yeah, he died the next day. Dude, that was intense. Like, he died six months later. Th- that was really intense. Oh. He, um, at, remember, okay, remember when I said um, oh. I gave the two, I gave him... My friend's number. Yes, yes, was, yes. He was my friend. He, he, to he, help him. He spoke almost every day, almost every week. Like he wanted to get out of the game. Yeah, out the hood. Out the fucking hood and everything. Now, let me, I'm, I'm going to ask you one more question because we got to wrap this up. There's like a ton of people who want to take pictures with you. I know you have a hard out. You have to get out of here. Do you feel any moral 
issues. Now, he, and it's funny. I'm watching this. From, you can't tell what I do for work. As my perspective, I'm watching this. I'm like, oh, let's, just, let's get this guy. Let's arrest him because he has guns. But then someone, the next number two is just going to move right into his spot. Nothing's going to change. Did you feel like a moral obligation? Like, shit, I'm here with guns that are going back to where you grew up. Remember, this is where you, like, mm-hmm. you grew up in a, in a rough mm-hmm. neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Did, was, you had a moral thing like, shit, this guy might be bringing guns to where I'm from? Was that like a yin and yang thing? You know or? what? The, the, the one thing I had to go in doing black market was I was clear I had to go in with zero judgment. Zero judgment. You know, I was there to, 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 to understand and to empathize, you know, and hopefully shed light. Why when they why two a two part question? I hope this isn't too serious to end the to end the podcast, which I do solely appreciate you. Man, come on, bro. We're gonna have fun. Okay, <clears throat> one, why do they talk to you, and two, why are these people taking the masks off? Like those people in England, like heroin addicts. Which listen, when I mean I empathize with them, I sympathize. Mm-hmm. I know the struggle of a family member who deals with that. Every, I'm quite sure everybody in America yeah, does. The whole world does. Okay? Yeah. And you know what? The sad mm-hmm. thing is people don't speak about it. That's mm-hmm. the biggest issue. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. why do they take the mask off? Why do they show their face? And why do they speak to you? Like, dude, these dudes are bringing guns hope. and they were showing it's you hope. why. It's hope. Okay. People, the one thing I, that was common with all the stories of all the people around the world, all those stories that, that all those people that we met during the black market, they all had one thing in common. They were hurting and they wanted a better way of life. If you gave them an opportunity to do better, they would. So, um, you know, these people, you ask me, why would someone put their crack pipe down or put their, their syringe down or put their guns down to talk to me? They weren't becoming stars. They're not going to get rich. We didn't pay them any money. Why would they do that? It's a cry for help. Yeah, they want people hope. There's always hope. hope. People are hoping. Everyone that I spoke to, I believe the reason why they spoke to me is because deep down inside, they are hoping that someone will see that story and come and help them. Hope. hope. Hold on, pain ends. Hope. That's what it's, that's what it stands for. Yeah. Now, does Hold the show... Hold on, pain ends. Yeah, man. That's, yeah, I'm telling you. Yeah, it's, it's a, I, t- I tend Narnon. That's what... Uh, that's what. Hold on, pain ends, you know? What um, Does the show offer any help to anybody on the show? Or yes, no? yes. It, you know... Um, that's that was it. one. That was that's one. The, the feedback. Awesome, man. And then you know you gotta now. Now um, I say let me just be clear. You know, um, Viceland is a is a with babies. Was a network with a baby network being run by babies. Well, I'm a baby in this process. I know that for sure. Um, so when I I know when I started looking at the the social media feedback, people asking for help and asking how can they help. Mm-hmm. I started to have meetings with, like, you know, my producers over at the network saying, hey, guys, what are we doing about this? And they put in play things in the social media to start to link, to try to link um, certain programs and outlets for people who want to help, people who need help. Now, you know, is it like on a, on a scale of 1 to 10, are we at 10? I, I can't answer that, but I would dare to say probably not. But we are making an effort over but it's, there. Mike, it's a marathon. It's effort. not a sprint. Exactly. Slowly We're making an effort to try to put information out there to counteract some of the things that, that we all encountered. Because we encountered those stories just like the, the, the viewing audience did. I know I did for damn sure. Mm-hmm. And it impacted me. You know, so, yeah. All right, so we're going to end with Simba and then me and then, dude. Simba, Simba, Simba. He gets, Simba. So, he gets so pumped up that you're doing that. He, he, has, he has a meeting. 
I'm actually going out to dinner with them. We're going to a SAG meeting. So if you don't know anything about it, so just uh, <laughs> <laughs> shit. I'm left out. I'm, I'm left yeah, out of yeah, this yeah. whole thing. Globs, like you guys are flying out. I don't even know. Like Mike, fuck you for like leaving <laughs> me out of this shit. God damn it, you motherfucker. Fuck you, Mike. <laughs> but anyways, first of all, I just want to say thank you so much. Welcome, man. For the joy you've brought us as viewers. From somebody who's followed you from like when you were like uh, uh, on um, the uh, the wire, as yes, Omar mm-hmm. to Charky, you see one of the Mike would tell you this. One of my favorite things to do in the city is to like go around and find uh, speakeasies, spots to drink beer, speakeasies. And, and you know the reason why you, one of the reasons why I find people to chant Simba, Simba, Simba. Yeah, but one of the reasons why people uh, chant speakeasies uh, like uh, for that is because of like boardwalk empire, you like prohibition. The, the, I love prohibition. Have you era. been? To, have you been to the to the Lansky Lounge? Lansky Lounge. Uh, which one is it? Could we drop your name? Big <laughs> door. Yeah, the big door on Mondays. Yeah, Monday. On my, on I said, I've told you to which you on Monday nights, guys, on Monday, on Monday nights. Dude, he just got here. You have I'm to. not buying it. Two weeks ago. He just got here two weeks ago. <laughs> Fresh off the boat. <laughs> <laughs> I got to go. Michael K. Williams doesn't go. believe that. Simba, 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 Simba. Simba. <laughs> All right. Legit questions. We're going to finish this up now, okay? Because it is. Oh I know, Mike, you've been sitting there for the past 20 minutes. We my gotta God. go. I'm you're I know bleeding, you gotta man. Go. You're bleeding. I know you you're got bleeding, go. man. You're fucking, <laughs> fucking bleeding here, man. <laughs> 20 fucking minutes. Come on, dude. I'm trying Come to fuck on, it man. up. All right, okay. <laughs> you guys are going to dinner. That's what money. <laughs> yes, uh, yes. Hello. Was, <laughs> was this podcast different from stuff you do? Tell the truth. Yeah. I don't do podcasts. <laughs> this is really Boom. awesome. <laughs> like I've heard you on Opie Radio. I listen to Opie and Anthony. Uh, Opie's a podcast? No, Opie Radio. Opie and Jim Norton. Yeah, you, okay. Yeah. Lucky That's, Louie. That, you know, I hate him. He gets to do any damn thing. You know, you just, it's, just, it's like something with him. He's, Anthony's actually he's, he hump on me and draw titties on my yeah. back. And you fucking do it. Because he's, <laughs> you know, he's, seriously, I, 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 I get, I, I'm traumatized by him. He, he made me hump him in the back and draw titties on him. I'm, I'm, I watch interviews with you. Know, you, you say and, yes, and, because it says Anthony Nopi. What the fuck? You don't tell him no. And this is what I hate. How did you get the score? <laughs> it's the same questions. Like, I just hope I was a little different. And, dude, when I mean you came on, well, it was so fucking well, first dope, of all, man. Mike. Thank you, bro. I appreciate you, it. You... For how we met, you know, we can't say that. We we, we, I won't, yeah. but how we met, um, I will say this could have, you could have asked me to s- recite the phone book and I would have done it gladly based on how we met. And I'll leave it at that. I appreciate that. All right. Thank you. Listen. Good guy, man. I'm a great guy. Guys like you. I'm a great guy. Listen, everything yeah. you did, I appreciate it. Oh, really? I say he's a good guy. No, I'm a great guy. Well, I'm a great guy. <laughs> no, the fucking good guy. Did you catch that? Hey, good luck getting the award. Hey, thank you, brother. And you come, listen, you're going to come on one more time. I'm coming back with the award. In my mind. That's a deal. You know, in That's my a mind. deal. You win the award. Yes. In my mind. Everyone, Michael K. Williams, thank you, sir. What's up, Mike? I appreciate it, brother. Thank you. You're welcome.